Ready to boost sales and grow your business without the BS? Welcome to the Business Growth Show. I'm Sam Dunning, a digital marketing, sales, and business growth evangelist. Tune in and subscribe today as I'll be interviewing business leaders, experts, and entrepreneurs from around the globe. We'll be sharing actionable tips across marketing, sales, and growth without the BS to help you skyrocket your business. And welcome back to a fresh episode of the Business Growth Show. I'm your host, Sam Dunning, co-owner over at webchoiceuk.com. And today I'm joined by Eden Bidani. Eden's the founder over at Greenlight Copy. She helps SaaS tech and direct-to-consumer brands drive crazy good growth with customer magnetic conversion copy for ads, landing pages, and websites. Eden, a very warm welcome to the show. How are you doing? Hi. Hi, good, thanks. How are you doing? Yeah, all good on this side, Eden. Really appreciate you joining us and excited for this one because we're going to be talking all about why we need to use our customers' own words in our copy, in our content, across our ads, our landing pages, all our website and marketing collateral, um, and how we can sell with that without being too salesy. So looking forward to jumping in. I want to throw you at the deep end um, because I think this is going to be quite controversial. Um, So first and foremost... Why shouldn't we go with what we think is good content or good copy or what our CEO or our managing director thinks is great copy? Why should we use our customers' own words? Okay, well, good question. And this is a solid, very solid question there, Sam. So the reason is because there is often a huge gap between what we want to say as a company or the marketing messages that you want to get across and what the audience actually needs to hear in order to convert. So if you're actually thinking about it like, I look at it like a Venn diagram. So on one side, you have the messages that you want to share about the product or the services or the company that you're running. And then the message is what's most important for the customer, whether it's the whether it's specific feature, whether it's a pain point that it's solving, uh, you know, any any other information about the product. And actually, there's only a very small sliver of where those messages actually overlap. And that's right. what you need to focus on if you want, you know, your website, your landing pages, your ads to convert because you know, your customer doesn't need to know everything that we know about, everything that we know, you know, about the company, about the product that we have. They only need to know as much information as they need that's going to actually motivate them to to want to sign up, to want to buy now or to want to download the ebook or whatever it is uh, that you're offering them. Got it. Got it. And and why is it? So you, you mentioned a good point there that the customer doesn't necessarily need to know everything about um, our own product, which we've talked about kind of in similar interviews where we've talked about the psychology of selling and dealing with your customers. And ultimately, whilst as marketing as sales professionals, we might know the A to Z of everything our product or our service does in terms of all the features. But like you quite rightly said, the customer probably doesn't care unless it's tailored specifically to to fix their pain or, or make their life better. Um, so just to hone in on this a bit more, I mean, for people that are tuning in right now and thinking, yeah, but I know so much. I know everything about my product and I know what's great. Why do we really need to put our customers first and put them at the forefront of things instead of just going with what we think is going to work well or what we've done in the past that might have had results with? Yeah, because you users these days, you know, they expect more. They know that the power is in their hand. That's why, for example, the product-led growth movement is so strong in SaaS now for offering a free trial or a freemium plan permanently, giving users uh, the ability to actually try to actually use the product, to actually find the value in the product before they're actually required to purchase something. It's the same like we used to hop into a retail store, pick up the sunnies, you know, you can try them on, see which shades, uh, which style suits you best, see if it fits you. 
before you actually make the decision to purchase. And so that's what your copy is actually doing. It's helping show the customers that your product is a right fit for where they are in that, uh, where they're at in their lives, what they're looking to achieve in terms of the transformation that they're looking to achieve in their own lives as a result of purchasing said product or signing up for a free trial. Um, and so this is, so the copy is helping connect just those two dots for them. And I personally, I also used to work in sales. So I, and I used to make that classic mistake. So in the beginning, I used to think oh, I had these products and they're so incredible. I used to overload the product demos with so much information and the customer would just get so overwhelmed. It was too much to absorb all at once. You know, there's there, you can draw a line in the sand as to how much value you can show up about the product up front and sure. letting them discover the incredible value of the product themselves once they actually, you know, unbox it or start using the software or whatever it is. So, you know, you only need to get them, you only need to get them to that halfway point because if you're delivering a great experience on the other side, they're going to discover that for themselves. And that's what makes it also exciting. That's what gives them a really consistent, really um, incredible customer experience. So you're giving them enough information. You're not you're not deliberately withholding information. Have a bit. That's not what I mean. It's you're actually just strategically showing them the pieces, the most crucial pieces of information, what matters to them the most, and then sort of dripping out, you know, uh, leaving that like that trail of breadcrumbs to actually get them to convert, and then they experience the true full value of the product, and then it's just a mind blowing experience for them on the other side. Yep, and and that part of what matters to them, I think, is is going to be really important in terms of what we discussed today. So in terms of actually being able to put this into practice, what do we need to think about? What do we need to consider? And perhaps we can go through a step by step. How can we go about um, asking our customers for this, this information? How can we make sure that we actually go about it in a right way instead of perhaps just looking at past case studies or things like that? Is there a specific strategy that we need to adopt when when it comes to using our customers own words in our copy eden yeah absolutely so in terms of that so we're really looking at getting as getting you know as close to the end customers as possible so that's going to involve um conducting you know speaking with them on the phone speaking with them over zoom um conducting surveys no so not just you know normal nps did you like this product you know what colors do you like kind of things it's actually asking them kind of interesting qualitative questions like what were you know uh where did you experience any difficulties while uh while signing up or was there anything that um was there anything that maybe made you feel that this was not a, a smart decision or uh, to try and figure out what what their objections might what their objections are what they struggled with what, what was going on in their lives when they started okay. seeking out um a product or a service like this. So to try and connect the dots, um, again, really between what they were looking for, what's happening in their own world, because, you know, we know what's happening in our world, but what's happening in our customers' world is, you know, is incredible. It's like, um, it's it's the same idea when you're putting, when you're thinking of ad placement on different platforms. If people sure. are on LinkedIn or people are on Facebook, they're not on Facebook to see ads. They're not on LinkedIn to see ads. They're there to engage with interesting content. So you mm -hmm. need to first and foremost, make sure your ads or content are interesting to your audience. You can't just say, download this ebook. People are on there. People aren't on LinkedIn to download ebooks. They're there to engage with content that's interesting. So you need to give them a reason why this ebook is interesting or why they should um, read this. And doing those customer, so doing customer interviews, doing customer surveys, just speaking with the customer and trying to understand 
what's uh, what problems are going on in their world, what things they're struggling with, what's their kind of outlook on life, and so to see how your product fits into that multiple, that huge complex of their own lives and not how it fits into the context of our lives as this is what we're selling. Got it. Okay, that's starting to make sense. And is there a best practice that we need to adopt when it comes to this, Eden, i.e. if we're looking to phone or looking to set up Zoom sessions, whatever video conference we want to use with our existing customers, do we need to kind of say, look, um, to our marketing manager, our team, can you send me all our hundred, all our thousand customers and I'm going to work through those? Or is it a case of we just speak to our five best or is there a kind of strategy that we can use in terms of making sure we're not doing tons and tons of work, but at the same time, we're getting enough intel at this stage that we can then move forwards with? Yeah, absolutely. So um, you don't need to speak with all the best customers. You don't need to speak with all of the the churn, you know, customers that have churned. It's a good idea to get usually between five to ten customer um, interviews or contacts with customers that really like the product. But you okay. would also like to speak to a couple of people that um, that might have signed up for a free trial or might have signed up for a sample and then churned. Right. And then as well, some people that who were previous customers but are no longer customers. Right. So okay. you want to get that full spectrum. Because then that's not just going to help inform your copy. That's actually going to inform product. That's going to inform marketing. That's going to give you a lot of golden nuggets for other different areas of the business. But it's going to give you that that full that full perspective of how your product or how your service is perceived by your customers. And so then you can actually put measures into place through the copy. You know, you can plant seeds of information so that people will so to help mitigate those objections or to help. Um, make make things that were unclear clear even before they get to the even before they buy or they sign up yeah that's that's really interesting so some of this it sounds like goes beyond just giving us useful bits and pieces golden nuggets for our own copy our own content but like you said it can form all other aspects of our company in terms of sales customer churn and like you quite um, rightly mentioned there customers that perhaps dropped off um and learning why that happened um what what issue there was along the way perhaps it was something you didn't even think about and um it's it's going to help you with a useful piece of information that you perhaps need to update your website perhaps you need to improve your customer service or how you manage clients that's really interesting okay cool and is there um in terms of these these interviews is this something that customers are typically happy to do if you from your experience Eden, or from your client's experience when you because I'm, I'm sure a few people tuning in are going to feel a bit weird, like, should I really ask my customer 15 or 20 minute Zoom? Is it something they're generally open to? Do we normally need to say, look, I'll do this and I'll get you a meal in return or I'll get you, I'll get you a coffee or is, <laughs> is it a bit weird or is it is it quite easy from your experience? It depends how you ask. It depends how you frame, mm. you know, how you frame the ask. Uh, if you're framing it as something that um, is beneficial to you or if you're framing it as something that you need their help, or if you're framing it as something that it's actually going to be beneficial to them as well in some aspects. So, for okay. for example, if it's a customer that has churned, you know, your, your feedback is going to be really helpful in making, you know, in helping us uh, provide better experiences for future customers. You can always sweeten the deal with uh, with a little incentive, if it's an Amazon gift card or, like you said, a, a virtual coffee or anything like that. That can always help. Sure. Um, another thing that works as well is, a do is if you make a charitable donation, so, if, you know, 15, 20 minutes of the time, you make a donation of 10 to $15 to a charity of their choice, something like that. So that's so there's a lot of different ways that you can uh, sweeten the deal. But I think how you frame the ask 
is what's most important. A lot of people say, we'd like to, you know, you get sent surveys from companies and they say, we want your feedback. Fill in this, you know, fill out this 10 minute yeah. survey. And, you know, I don't know many people who are going to actually take that 10 minutes out of the time, you know, out of their day to actually do that. So if you say, hi, we really need, you know, we really need your help. We appreciate your feedback. We'd like to hear your input because we look, we want to do ABC. And as a valued customer, you know, tell it. We'd really appreciate telling, hearing what you think. Got it. Got it. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I mean, in terms of a survey, unless there was quite a hefty incentive, like you say, some kind of voucher or coffee or whatever it may be, the sometimes you get these forms after you've signed up to a software service or some kind of tool, and it's like 30, 40 questions. It's like there's no way I'm going to sign all, I'm going to fill all this out. It's going to take me about 20 minutes. And, and what's yeah. in it for me? I mean, all you're getting is all my data to help you, but it's, there's literally zero in it for me. So I think the personal approach makes a lot more sense. I'll um, give you an example. One, one, uh, one subject line we found is really effective usually for these emails is just you say, can I, can I ask a favor or can I get some, can you help me? Just, just, you know, to actually show this is actually something that they're looking for, you're looking for help with and that you would really appreciate their feedback. And that's if sure. so the, the ask feels like it's one to one. It's not one to many. Okay. Got it. Cool. So let's pretend we've, we've found some of our best customers. Perhaps we found a few that churned. Perhaps we found a few that dropped off. Um, we've set up the interview with them. Are there any, is there anything we, else that we need to bear in mind when we do go ahead and, and jump on the call and ask them questions before we get to the next step, which I guess is taking bits and pieces for the copy? Yeah, absolutely. So two things. One, ask open-ended questions. And two, let them talk. Just mm. let them talk. Let them finish what they're saying. And don't, don't jump in. You know, often we feel like we have questions that we want to ask or we have an agenda. We don't want them to feel like we have an agenda in place. You don't want the customer to feel uncomfortable at all, What you know, at any point in time. But the only time you want them to feel slightly uncomfortable is when you give them that space to talk. So say you've asked a question, you know, they've rambled on for a minute. You can always ask at the, you know, when they're finished rambling, anything else or is there anything else you'd like to add yep. can you clarify that point and actually start digging deeper into what they've said because sometimes people will give these kind of off-the-cuff answers but it's what happens when they keep trying to fill that silence when they keep trying to fill those gaps is where you can find those golden insights is where they actually start to um, dig out these really emotion you know dig out these emotional benefits or these pains and problems that was they were struggling with you can find some really uh, really incredible things that way yeah, 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 completely agree. We started doing something similar recently um, with some of our existing clients that have been with us six months, 12 years, um, mainly on the, the SEO front. And sometimes you get some really interesting stuff from my experience anyway that you never expected. So I essentially ran this survey hoping for a brilliant case study from this customer. Whilst it wasn't bad, they were happy with their progress. They were happy with the results we were getting on the SEO. What he did say was something really useful. He said, Sam, um, there's a few things. I think we should set up um, more regular calls, which I thought that's, that's fine. We can kind of work together a bit closer and it saves me emailing back and forth most days. No problem. Um, and you also said on, on the month end reports, we typically when we do a campaign, we send out a report that says this is all work we've done. This is the results we've achieved. He said that they're, they're way too detailed. Business owners like me just want a one pager that says this is the key results. This is the return you've got me. Um, and this is what we're going to do next month. Just a couple of bullet points. So I was like, find that makes my life a lot easier too. And that's really helpful because I'm sure a lot of other business owners want want that. So just by setting up these calls, you often get 
way more intel um, than perhaps you're even hoping for. Um, and it might help your business in other ways to help similar customers just like them. I don't know if you've ever found something like that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we did with a client that I worked with uh, last year, actually. We found that they were... Um, we found that they were str- they were uh, aimed at enterprise. They were they were aiming for enterprise customers, but they were struggling to meet. Um, they were struggling to meet some of the de- the heavy demands that their enterprise customers were asking of them because their team was still quite small. So what we actually did, so the customers were, were some of them were feeling frustrated when we spoke to them in the interviews because they felt like the company wasn't able to to do all these tiny minute customizations that these enterprise customers were demanding of them at the same time you know the the team themselves they were feeling exhausted because they were struggling to keep up with these demands and they felt that the the balance of the co- you know what they were being paid versus what the enterprise customers were demanding was a bit uh, the balance was not there so what we actually did is we looked at introducing a lower tier plan a freemium version where people can go in play around with the product have a look test it themselves and then when they want to they can actually upgrade as well to something that's fully self-service and then if they want the full-on customization then they can upgrade to something else completely different so we actually introduced um, different options for people to choose so that they don't have so they can customize the little bit that they want but then if they really want the full the full-blown package they understand what they're getting into um so that that was just something that where the customer interviews actually helped inform the product development, and that was something we saw was really um, incredible. Great stuff, good to hear. So moving this forward, we have carried out our customer interviews. Perhaps we've written detailed notes. Perhaps we've recorded all the sessions. So we've got the content there. We've got the material. How do we move this from perhaps hours of footage, perhaps tons of scribbled down notes, into sharp, crisp copy that's going to sell for us? Um, and perhaps we can talk about different channels, whether that's an advert, whether that's for a landing page or a website copy, perhaps we can do a few different options. How do we turn that from our scribble down notes, our, our hours of footage into kind of short, sharp, killer copy? Yeah, so the further the first thing you do is first you um don't sit there just reanalyzing all the hours of video footage by yourself. Actually go and get trans get transcripts, get human, you know, human done transcripts of everything so that you can read through them quickly and cover every you can cover. Uh, you know, hours of footage um, in a very short period of time. And what you're going to be doing is you're going to be looking for those really golden qualitative statements, those things that people are saying that really stuck out, uh, that really stick out when it's expressing. And you'll be looking for different groups of content. So whether it's something about a pain or problem they were talking about, um, whether it's about the transformation. So you'll actually be looking, when you're looking through the transcripts, you'll actually be analyzing the text as you go along. And so what you'll be doing is you'll get a separate Google Doc, you get what I usually do as a spreadsheet set up in Google Sheets or something like that. And you actually just start copying and pasting the chunks of information that that really stick out the most. So what you're looking at when they talk about the pain or problem, when they talk about the transformation that your product or service has enabled them to achieve in their lives or in their business, when they talk about um, what they struggled with during onboarding or what they might, um, or what was uh, difficult for them during sign up um, or any of these, or what they like, what they don't like about the product. You want to take all these pieces of information, organize, you know, really chop out the sentences. It doesn't matter who said it. Um, in ter- it doesn't well it matters in terms of whether the customer was a happy customer or a, or a customer that's churned but you're organizing that information by these different groups so that when you come to sit down 
all you really need to do is you're taking, you know, your marketing framework or copywriting framework and starting to organize these golden pieces of information in a framework and then kind of put it, putting it all together like a puzzle. Got it. Okay. No, that's, and that's a great starting point. And I know often when I'm speaking to clients or if I'm having one of my rants or rambles on LinkedIn, um, for example, and you'll probably know better about this, Eden, than I will. Um, so w- one thing that frustrates me a lot is when I jump on a, a website, a homepage or someone's landing page, and all they're talking about is how good they are or how good their service are, is or how good their company is. Um, so, for example, if you go on the homepage and it says we're award winning or we're the best in practice for this, or we've just been nominated for five awards or we've just got seed funding, it's like I couldn't care less. Ultimately, as a, as a prospect or myself, if I'm jumping on your website, I want to know what you do, how you can help me. Um, and how to get in touch so if, if I don't know that exactly what you do how you can fix my problem or make my life better and it's not really easy for me to give you a call or email or get in touch or purchase if, if it's e-commerce then ultimately you've lost me and you've probably lost a lot of potential clients just because you've rambled on about how great you are rather than how you can help me as a prospect um, so does that relate into this or is kind of working these points that we've talked about earlier in terms of identifying perhaps the problem they came with you uh, pro- the problem the customer came to you with um, how you help them overcome that what it's been like working with you and so on um, or is it is it a bit of a finer practice in terms of weaving that into your website or landing pages so I think it really depends on the stage of awareness that your prospect is it well it depends on two things the prospect stage of awareness when they're landing when they're arriving on your website or your landing page and it's uh, their level of sophistication so for example if you know if you're uh, if you have a software product that's for academics who are extremely, you know, who are extremely, um, who are extremely uh, technically literate, um, then you'll need to use slightly more sophisticated language, or you can talk more about the solution first and how it's mm. um, and how it's helping them, and let you you can. Um, you know, for example, so if they're aware of other solutions and this audience is sophisticated, then you can talk more directly about your solution and how it's positioned to better serve them than other solutions existing in the market. Whereas if you have um, if you have a DTC product and yep. um, and your audience is is unaware or just or somewhat pain aware, like they're aware that they're struggling with something, but they haven't even started looking for a solution for it, you're going to lead in with talking about that there's a pain or problem that they have and then position the product or position your solution against that. So finding the finding the um, from the information that you've gathered in the customer interviews, that helps you map out your messages on the website, depending. So you can answer those questions. Who are you? Why should I care? You know, what are you selling and how you can help me? So you can answer, you know, all those questions on that page using the customer's own language. And so it's not coming. We can help you because we've won five awards. No, we can help you because because this product has been designed in this specific way, these specific features to solve these specific pain points. Mm. And that that's a great point as well, understanding where your audience is at. So I suppose if you're selling something that's perhaps software, perhaps it's extremely technical and perhaps you only ever deal with, I don't know, chief technical officers um, or heads of IT, then the chances are the text, the copy you're using on this website doesn't need to be plain and simple. You probably can use more jargon if the customer's using it right, whereas the other reference you made, whether it's perhaps direct to consumer, it might be a little bit more simple. Is, is that right? 
Yes, absolutely. So that and that's one of the that's one of the things you'll discover as well in the customer interview. So if you have a handle on who your ideal customers are and the customers that you're interviewing do kind of reflect um, your core buyer personas. Um, so you can direct them if they use those words when they're speaking mm. to you, if they use the jargon, if they use the complicated uh, tech when they speak with you, then you can weave those words in. At first, the general rule, though, of you know, of all copy online is that it needs to be uh, needs to be easily readable. So they usually recommend about a six to eight, uh, between a five to an eighth grade um, reading level, simply because people scan a lot online. We scan quickly. We browse through. There's so many messages. You know, we're reading. 10 blog posts or we're looking at 20 different, um, you know, social media platforms at the same time. So people are scanning, you know, they're scrolling really quickly. So you need to make sure your message is easily understood, first of all. If that, if being easily understood includes the, the jargon that your customers use when they're talking with you and when they're talking amongst themselves, that's fine. Um, you know, but if it, um, if they don't use that, if they talk to themselves in layman's terms or you know in very in very simplistic language then you're going to want to mirror that as well on the site so the cop so as well what you'll find in the customer interviews it informs kind of the tone of the general tone of voice and kind of the level of sophistication as well yeah and that that makes perfect sense um and this could probably be a, a whole podcast in itself but just to give the audience a few more takeaways in terms of how we can leverage um all this intel we've got from our customers are there any best practices when it comes to perhaps short form copy? So whether that is perhaps a Google ad, perhaps a Facebook ad, or perhaps a short, sharp email. Um, and then perhaps we can go on to maybe a few best practices for either website, homepage or landing page. So to keep, so to make, um, so to get across a really powerful message in a very short amount of time, it's really great to go back to two of the oldest copywriting formulas that we have out there, just to help you structure the message most mm. succinctly as possible. And so those two are PASS, Pain Agitation Solution, and ADA. So it's Attention, uh, Interest, Desire, Action. So if you're struggling, if you feel like whatever you're writing is too wordy, or you know that it's too long, or you really need to cut out the fluff, just this will help you condense all of that into really three into two to three kind of sentences that really get across what's the you know what's the product how it's helping them and why they should uh, why they should take an action gotcha gotcha and in terms of putting together something a bit more long form um do we have more flexibility so whether that was our, our home page our website landing page or product page whatever it may be can we then just kind of flesh out the kind of problem or headline to start with can we then put a bit more meat on the bones with the kind of value proposition and then have call to actions or is there a bit more to it that we need to consider um there is a bit more to it that you need to consider there's a lot um there's a lot of nuances especially on a home page if you know if your home page is acting like a signpost like you want people to land and then you know take left to the about us take right to see all products things like that. Um, if it's mm. acting like a signpost with multiple different call, competing calls to action, or if it in itself is acting like a landing page, so you have one core product or one core tier and you're looking for them to, to have enough information by the time they get to the bottom of the homepage to actually make a decision whether they want to buy or um, to buy or sign up just based on the homepage itself. So, so that first, the structure of the homepage and what you want to achieve on the homepage, that's going to help direct what um, kind of what messages and what copy needs to go in there. But at the same time, the headline is probably the last thing that you should write. Should look at making sure you've covered all those core sections on the page, like you mentioned. 
um, you know, what problems you're solving, why customers sure. come to you, what the pro what the product is and how it helps them, you know, why they should listen to you, you know, who you are, what you do, and why should I care? Those core messages need to be addressed on the page. And then once you've once you've addressed those, then you can go and look at see headlines that fit all those different sections at the same time. And that that's probably the, a nice way to wrap up. Is there any um is there any way to make sure that your your headline itself is striking? Is it just a case of what you said there, Eden, making sure it wraps up all of the points that we've gone through in the interviews and all the content we've put into the rest of whether it's perhaps a landing page or a long form piece of content and making sure that's encapsulated in one line? Or are there is there a more simple way to do it? Um, or is it is is it a bit of everything striking a balance? Well, the well the simplest way to do a headline and what we find is actually usually really effective is making sure that the headline you know the purpose of a headline is really just to get people to read the line after it and the per mm. the purpose of the line after it is to get people to read you know scroll below the fold and keep reading so sure. every line of copy is meant to get people to read the next line so in terms of writing a powerful headline it doesn't have to be this blanket statement. And so when I'm when I'm saying when um, when you have a headline that encapsulates the information on the page, it's not like a headline, like a title of an essay. You know, you need something that's that's compelling enough that it's going to make them want to read the next line, and it's going to make them actually want to scroll below the fold and learn more. So you're going to give a hint as to what, you know, you're going to tell part of the story, but not all of the story. So at least hint make reference to the product you know what it is and what you're doing or how you're helping them but without giving it all away that they actually have to scroll below the fold to to learn more and to actually fill in those blanks yeah 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 so to keep the viewer or the reader thirsty for more it sounds like yes absolutely got it brilliant eden well with that i want to wrap things up and really want to thank you very much for for coming on the show really enjoyed it and thanks for sharing some best practices when it comes to creating copy um, and for anyone that does want to learn more about yourself or work with yourself, what is the best way um, that we can learn from you or get in touch? Yeah, best way would just be to, you know, to like, uh, to follow or connect with me on LinkedIn. Cool. We'll do. And we'll put all of those um, links to, to yourself and your website in the show notes over at businessgrowth.marketing. And with that, thanks once again. Really appreciate you coming on, Eden. No worries. Thanks for having me. Cheers. And if you enjoyed the show, be sure to hit subscribe to Business Growth Show, wherever the heck you get your podcast from. We interview business leaders each and every week to provide actionable tips across marketing, across sales, all to help you grow your business. And with that, we'll catch you on the next episode. Are you tired of hunting for clients? You could be missing out on regular inbound opportunities, all because your website isn't on the first page of Google. Perhaps you're already spending money on marketing, but your website is failing to convert your hard-earned visitors into a consistent flow of leads and sales. Want to learn more about WebChoice's unusual approach that brings idle clients straight to you? Book a free digital marketing assessment today at webchoiceuk.com. That's webchoiceuk.com.